Welcome to The Filmistines, the podcast where we discuss all things movies. Join us as we dive deep into the latest releases, revisit classic films, and explore the art of cinema. Whether you're a film fanatic or just love a good flick, we've got you covered. From Hollywood blockbusters to indie gems, we'll be breaking down the storytelling, cinematography, and everything in between. So grab some popcorn, sit back, and get ready for some cinematic magic. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash We offer tiers at the $1, $5, and $20 level, where the $20 tier grants the ability to request films for future episodes. This is The Filmasteins, where movies are more than just entertainment, they're an experience. They're an And welcome back to another glorious episode of the fastest growing podcast on the planet, The Filmasteins. Let's get a round of applause. Nice. I'm joined today, as always, my friend that is here. She did not leave. Lucy. Hello, everyone. I did not leave. She did not decide to leave. I did not decide to leave. <laughs> Today we are covering the movie Decision to Leave. That's a funny title, right? That is a funny title. Is that one of those that has that, you know, almost mistranslation or like a literal translation? Yeah, the literal translation is resolution to break up. Ah. Which is even, that'd be, that's not a title. <laughs> <laughs> Decision to leave works better. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Yeah, resolution to break up sounds like uh you know, someone who maybe doesn't know English as their native language or an like an alien trying to learn Amer- um trying to learn human languages or something, like you're gonna sound a little off if you say that. Yeah, or like maybe you're trying to put it on paper, you know, how on paper some things just sound even more formal mm-hmm. than what they really are like yeah you're, sure you're writing a movie and you're like well let's just put it's a resolution to um break up okay <laughs> <laughs> so the decision to leave interesting movie directed by our favorite park chan Wook. he directed our favorite old dogs old dogs old boys no old boy my bad oh boy old, okay old boy my bad <laughs> Was like he directed old, old Boy. What was that, 2006, I think? I don't know. You don't got to look it up. Did you like the movie? Old Boy, yes. Yeah, that movie's awesome. I liked that movie a lot. That's one of my favorite movies, actually. That's uh, that's up there with uh, Funny Games for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's, that makes sense. Yeah, I was recommended Old Boys. Old Boy? I can't even remember if it's plural or single right now, but... That was recommended to me when I told someone I hated The Matrix. And they were like, well, if you hate The Matrix, you'll love this. <laughs> and they are <were> right. <laughs> I, I, so I guess if you hate The Matrix, check out uh, Park Chan-wook's Old Boys. Yeah, it's just Old Boy. And old it's boy. 2003. Okay, 2003. And I know there's, there's a Spike Lee remake, which maybe is 2009 or 10 or something and with uh, Josh Brolin. And it's trash yeah it's not as good yeah it's it's like it's kind of like if your dad died or something and a clown gets invited to your birthday party and he wears your dad's skin and something's off (laughs) 
That's kind of what <laughs> okay. it's like. That's what Spike Lee's old boys is like. It's like, this is not okay. I see what you're doing here. It's uh, maybe a little charming on some level, but this is fucking weird. But don't. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it again, Spike Lee. Spike Lee's got some great ass movies. I can't. That must have not hit, been his doing. I would be. I'd be surprised if that was his doing. Yeah, maybe he was, you know, having a, a rough, rough year that year. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was inspired and was like, "We can do this." It's kind of like, sort of like maybe David Lynch getting in bed with Dune, although that's fucked up in its own right because the movie's supposed to be four hours long, and they were like, "Well." We don't put four-hour movies in the theater, so we got to chop this in half. And mm-hmm. David Lynch is like, well, I disown this now, so have at it because you're fucking everything up. So, But decision to leave a probably the favorite Korean film of 2022. We missed it. We just didn't get around to it. It's a neo-noir romantic mystery film. Neo-noir. That's what it says on Wikipedia. Isn't <laughs> that funny? What does that even mean? Uh, modern, modern noir, basically, because the traditional noir would look kind of gritty and maybe have some dystopian kind of nature to it, or black and white. It's kind of a style that comes with normal noir. What is what does neo mean? New. Oh, okay. So a new type of dark film. New type of well, neo is usually and noir noir implies some kind of detective normally detective work. Oh, I thought that just meant kind of some darkness. I think it literally means black. Yeah, in it French, means black. But it, I and I have every suspicion that it, it comes from black and white detective French films. That's what I would imagine where the origin of that is from. I'm not gonna look it up right now. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. So if, I would imagine kind of like um, Gallo. I think is it means yellow in Italian. Yeah, and. Gallo films are a very specific type of Italian horror film. So, huh. yeah. It's okay. just kind of a funny thing that there was a bunch of at one point. And I think a lot of those Gallo films are known for their weird dubbing. I think that's kind of like one of their hallmarks. I don't think it has anything to do with yellow. But correct me if I'm wrong. It might They might be kind of yellow tint. Like you know, stylistic. T- yeah, like the it might be kind of some kind of yellow hue to the coloring, but I'm not sure. I'm not too familiar with those Italian films. I just can't watch them because I hate the, I hate that kind of dubbing. I'd rather watch. I'd rather read my fucking movie than suffer through shitty dubbing. Are you with me there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. There. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think anime gets passed just because I don't think the dubbing's usually all that bad in anime. I think it's just pretty fine. Yeah, except. I don't remember where we tried to watch Naruto and the dubbing was just awful. You remember? And then we had to find a new place to watch it because it was just terrible. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I know Netflix has weird subtitles at the very beginning of the first parts of Naruto. Yeah, I think they're all, that's They're kind of fucked up. Yeah. It's like... That's right. That's right. The subtitles weren't ma- matching the... Yeah. The dub. And if you read the subtitles, they talk... Like it's probably a little more of a literal translation and not localized. Mm-hmm. They talk, they they talk like they're not. They've never fucking talked in their lives. <laughs> like it's just it's kind of like resolution to break up. Like that's just <laughs> not how people talk anywhere who speak English. You know, <laughs> it's like it's kind of a funny thing. Yeah, this movie is a big deal. 
not you know just because it comes from Park Chan Wook, it's kind of a big deal just because of him. He's kind of a legendary director. I don't know if you know that. He's, yep. ve- he's very he's kind of the, the Bong Joon Ho cut echelon of Korean directors. Okay. He's maybe in general more famous, more revered, with the exception of Parasite. Parasite was a is a big favorite, but this dude's got like six or seven films that are just booms. You know, uh-huh. just, they are as good as it gets. So and this is a, just another one you can put in there. And I think I saw somewhere that this is going to be a saga. I don't know if this is the first, second, or third. A saga, not connected to one another, just a saga of themes with detective romances. Okay. Which is, I love that. I love it when a director has like a vision that they need to express in different from different angles but you know but unconnected kind of like old boys part of the vengeful saga haven't seen the other two can't wait to see them i don't know if i ever will before i die but they uh there are two others that are kind of relevant to old boys old boy okay that's interesting so this movie is hugely decorated winning best direction and best cinematography and shit from all kinds of awards except the Academy Awards, I think. No Oscars. I was about to say, but I didn't... I wins don't. everywhere else. What do you think of this movie, man? I like the movie. You know, I like... I like romance films. So that's a plus. And this isn't your typical, you know, guy gets the girl romance and everyone's happy. It's not your comedy romance. So I, I, I like that too. That's a very kind of different kind of romance. And it's Korean romance, which is even, you know, better. I also like that it's a kind of suspenseful detective film. But it it was a bit confusing in a lot of parts that I guess you didn't know until you got to the end and then everything kind of clicks. But I think everything kind of clicked a little too late for me. You know, it was like the last 10 minutes of the movie where things started clicking and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I just watched like two hours worth of film and very confused and now it's clicking. So, okay, I I think I like it a little bit better now, but maybe things should have clicked earlier on or I don't know if that was just a me problem or everybody problem. But other than that, I I thought it was cute. I thought it was a pretty decent romantic movie with a awful ending. Not awful in the sense of it was bad. Awful in the sense of, oh no, <laughs> why did she do that? Yeah, it was sort of hard to keep up. Because um, Bong Joon-ho's movies are one of my touchstones with Korean films. So I'll probably bring him up quite a bit. And I don't, he doesn't have a lot of character dialogue in his films. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of dialogue happening here. Uh, whether it's monological or just exchanges in, in dialogue and it's it's a lot it's hard to keep up with especially when you're trying to pay attention to the shots that are happening because this movie is probably the most insane movie i've ever seen in my life when it comes to cinematography mm-hmm. it's just off the chain and it's hard to it was just hard to keep up with any of it because i was trying to read subtitles <laughs> yeah that's also probably something that's hard to keep up with maybe international movies will have to require a second watch just because you do have to read the subtitles and you know you can't just glance at them with the one word you missed you have to read the whole thing and still look up at what you're watching 
and uh, some of the storyline got confusing for me too. Um, with who killed whom, where, when. Um, you know, they kind of went in the past, but then they did a time jump, and then their names kind of sound similar. Yeah. So it was it was it was a bit it was a bit. It's a lot. It's I'm just, it's it was definitely challenging just to keep up with it in that way for sure. But I I liked everything about this movie other than fucking always playing catch up with trying to figure out <laughs> what's uh what's going on and stuff. One thing I enjoy about um uh, what's the other director's name? Boon Jong Bong Bong Joon Ho. Yeah. So one thing I enjoy about Korean films especially well i guess romantic korean films is how different they are from american romance movies in you know in korean films it's more subtle you know we don't have to have anybody naked here nobody needs to be you know making out with their tongue shoved in somebody's throat you don't need to be holding hands the whole time or have a, a bed scene, a p- pillow talk voice scene for things to be romantic. Yeah. It makes it dr- more dramatic, ironically. Yeah, <laughs> I think it does too. And one thing I noticed was that in American films, you often sexualize the women more than you do the men. Yeah, for sure. I think in Korean films, you sexualize the men way more than you sexualize the women. And I in think, what way? I well, the only um, the only kind of I don't want to say sexy scene, but the only kind of shirtless scene, or the only place we saw someone with less clothing or without a shirt or something, was uh, a guy and he was shirtless, and it was when um, our main girl, the Chinese girl. Seo Song, Seo Ray, whatever her name is. I don't know how they said it in the film, but that's how I read it in the subtitles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think she's smoking inside their bedroom with one of her ex-husbands. I think it's the one that died. And she, they're inside. She's smoking. He tells her to go outside that he doesn't like when she smokes in the yeah. house. And he's shirtless. And that's about the only time you see anybody with no clothes really and then we have our um one thing i really liked about this film was how conversations were captured on camera and how much variety we had with that especially between our main character and his love interest when they're talking on the phone we would see him in the room with her and he's not actually there kind of representing how close he felt to her in those moments I like that. And then I like that when he uh, was suspicious of, when he was extra suspicious of her because of the distance the old lady traveled, traveled in quotes with her phone. He saw that number and he's like, oh shit. And then he made the, he made the, the climb, yeah, the climb of, you know, where he thought she might have done it to, you know, kill the first guy in the first half of the movie. And it was spot on. I liked just how, I like I liked how that was directed and caught on camera, for like a detective, you know, sequence. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. 
it was really melodramatic because it was like the same exact number when you got up there and everything it was just like oh my god no, very <laughs> very anime i mean i guess that's I'll just kind of an asian hallmark in general especially korean and japanese i should say that there's just a the melodrama is very hard to not think anime and how it's captured and then exactly you know and also how things are acted and, and how it's how it's directed it's hard not to think anime because it's just so extra it is so extra and it's just a shame me saying that it's a shame that so many live action anime movies suck because they are they, the live action anime movies already exist in different forms we just need to put you know whoever in that role you know we just need the better actors and better directors i guess they need to watch some asian films yeah, I'll, yeah. I guess I mean it's worth noting that a lot of the live action anime movies are American produced. Yeah, exactly. So there's just a disconnect there. I mean, there's even some scenes in this film where she's she's got a wig and she like randomly puts it on, randomly takes it off. Like what? What a freaking anime thing to do! Switching your hair like that, you yeah. know? That's that's dramatic. That's extra. Which I like that. I like that she did that. And you know, another scene where it was a hella dramatic was when he um put on that chainmail glove that was awesome to fight that guy oh who does that <laughs> i know is that is that a thing korean cops do like yeah. is that just something they have in their pocket ready to whip out <laughs> that was awesome that was awesome and i didn't i didn't think much of it i'm like oh he's just putting on a glove okay maybe he's protecting his hitting hitting hand and you're like that's a chainmail glove i'm like what that's to, crazy to grab that knife out of that guy's hand <laughs> it's fucking awesome and you know he's fighting this dude with his chainmail glove and his love interest is just like watching him win this fight you know she's watching him from the car it's like just uh it's so dramatic and wonderfully shot i guess uh i wonder if that's just a hallmark of uh, Park Chan Wook's uh, films is the cinematography because before this I've only I think I've only seen one or I think both of us have only seen one Old Dog. Old oh boy. Oh, old oh boy. Old Dogs is a fucking I think a Tim <laughs> Allen movie. I don't oh know why gosh. I keep pulling it out. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. It's like one of his last movies actually. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I'm pretty sure that's so funny. And that movie's beautifully shot too. Old oh boys. Old oh boy. One of my favorite, um, I guess it's a whole kind of part because it's not a scene to scene, but when he buys his love interest sushi and that was the day after his wife had told him that she wanted sushi and he's like, no, I made this home cooked meal for you sushi. Like, I don't, I don't remember what he said, you know, something along the lines of, uh, like, like who likes sushi or like. You know, it's just something offhand that's like, I'm not getting you that. Yeah. And then he had just earlier that day told his friend mm-hmm. or his, I guess his partner, not his friend, but his, you know, partner, you you know, go grab lunch, but don't get anything expensive. And then here he is buying this girl expensive ass sushi. And I don't know. I just thought that was you know so so it was so clever to put that in and like how infatuated with he is with her already i mean it, it was towards the beginning of the film yeah and you know that was a big clue to us that 
he likes her. Because, you know, we don't have this American-style flirting like we would um, to immediately be able to see that he likes her. You know, you're kind of suspicious, maybe, or you're thinking it, and then he does something like this. You're like, this motherfucker, he likes her. Yeah, and there's no doubt Korean filmmakers are obsessed with capturing the facial expression of people. And so it's you have to really... You have to hone in on what's happening on camera to, you know, an nth plus one degree. And it's it's always kind of an, an interpretation, too, you know, because it's just one of the great mel- melodrama kind of things that can that happen in Korean films. And we just don't, I don't feel like we see that at all in American films. Not like that. And I've always noticed that in Korean, um, like Asian-made video games, too, especially when they tap into some kind of realism, like the like a dragon video games mm-hmm. and they're super anime and melodramatic but they also capture they have this weird element of just crazy performance like like just how the voice acting and how the the motion capture is just it's so freaking cool because it captures just the smallest tweak twitches and you know glares and just it's so it's so good yeah and i feel like I don't know if it's just the way films are shot from, you know, over there and over here and stuff. and But it just does not feel the same. Or how they're colored, maybe. How the, the, color, grade, uh, the, the color grading. It's so refreshing and fun. But it, it, again, I, I feel like I definitely need to rewatch this film because it was a lot. Yeah, for sure. And even after, like shortly after they're finished eating, they clean up. And yeah. even that scene is, even that scene is, you know, basically they're flirting right in front of each other or, you know, it's to show us how connected they are, how in sync they are. And, you know, he's cleaning this part while she's cleaning this part and they just hand each other the uh whatever they're using to wipe the table. And it just, they, you know, they just, it's like this attention to detail, you know. Yeah. How many American films are people cleaning up and they're just putting things where they need to go? I mean, it's 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 not like this. It's not dramatic like this. Yeah, they might also have something to say about like Asian cleanliness too. Because I know, um, I guess I don't know about Korea specifically, but Japan's like super notoriously clean as a city or as a country and as a, just a culture of people. They, t- they pride themselves on their hygiene and taking care of the shit that's theirs yeah and that is nothing that is nothing like it is in america (laughs) it is the exact opposite we are fucking litter i should say litter 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 as much as you fucking can you ever seen the streets out here (laughs) they're it's crazy yeah and then and then after they clean up they go and brush their teeth yeah after their meal he gives her a toothbrush he's like here you go the bathroom's over there and where I used to work in my previous job, um, there were um, quite a few people from Venezuela. And that's something they did. They brushed after, your teeth after they ate. After they ate. After lunch break, you'd see the bathroom filled hmm. with people that are brushing their teeth. And they're all like handing each other the toothpaste. Like someone's assigned to bring the toothpaste and they oh, each have funny. their own toothbrush. And it's it's weird, you know. We don't do that here unless people do, and I'm just not doing that, you know? That's funny. I mean, I know some people do. I know it's the, you know, the science of 
brushing your teeth is so fucking just it's just like any other health science it's just all over the place but Mm -hmm. they say to not brush your teeth like 30 minutes to an hour after you eat something or drink something that's acidic because it it like weakens your enamel and then brushing that can kind of damage that yeah i don't i don't know what that who knows yeah so i'd want to wait anyways i guess but hey i can only even if it does damage that your mouth i can't help but to appreciate that because you know when to take care of yourself like that it's important yeah i mean who knows you know science behind that like you said is just all over the place because it would make sense that you would want to remove any kind of leftover food from your mouth maybe people should just be like swishing around some uh mouthwash or something and just spit that out i don't know i don't know but it's it's just something that uh stood out to me yeah he also like right before he would eat or like he was about to do something he would wipe down the area i thought that was really neat yeah i wish i had enough wipes to fucking wipe down all areas (laughs) i do put a napkin down and stuff and so i i get there somehow but i i empathize man i'm there (laughs) That is not surrounded by the culture that can support my that's, needs. That's true. I mean, even when you eat foods that have a little too much sauce, you're going to go to the sink and <laughs> eat over the sink to clean. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah, one of my other favorite scenes is where, um, or when he's singing. No, he's not singing it. He's listening to that song, uh, The Mist, by, I don't know her name. And um, he's washing dishes at his house and his wife goes up to him and she's like, what are you listening to? And she puts in her ear and she starts singing to it. And he's just like, where did you learn that? How long have you known this song? It was so funny. And she's like, everyone in this area knows that song yeah. because that's where this person's from. <laughs> Idiot. And it's just, it, it just shows you how, you know, infatuated he is with the other girl yeah he's mad he gets mad at yeah. his own wife because he's because she's this into is something. our song yeah <laughs> when in fact it's everybody's song <laughs> yeah i love that and they don't it doesn't and they don't it's so good because they don't make a big there's no deal that comes out of it it's just so subtle and if you're not paying attention for five seconds you will miss it it's so good it's such good character building you know mm-hmm. yeah and even when they go on their little uh, date whatever that was when they're kind of uh seeing some sights i guess i don't know exactly when it happens but um he tells her one of the things he most loves about her is her posture <laughs> and this it's so silly it's 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 silly to us you know i think it's supposed to be funny too though okay yeah i definitely think it's supposed to be funny to kind of show us like his his character well i think Park John thinks it's funny. <laughs> I think he's just making fun. Okay, but yeah, I mean, it is funny. It's awesome. I love yeah. it, and because it's so, it's almost, it's almost not, it's not, but it's almost Lynchian how just My posture, how okay. okay she is with it. Yeah. You know, like it's just like it's just fucking weird. It's so good. I like that. She just takes it. She appreciates it. So, did you read anything? Any reviews? on this film what people think about it uh no i just i saw that people are 
mostly over the moon about it because it's it's just the new Park John Wook film, so it seems to be he seems to just have a kind of a, a Park John Wook bump, you know, where people are just ready to stroke his ego, which is fine to some degree, I guess. But I, ha- I had a hard time finding anything that people didn't like, other than I did find some people, a little group of people, saying that they had a that the movie is over stylized and it prevented them from understanding a rather simple story and i'd have to agree agree entirely but the that's kind of one of the really amazing things about it is that it's yes at its core a very simple story but you gotta have some kind of parallel in there and that's matched the, the over stylization is matched with the you know melodrama mm-hmm. and so it kind of really they help ping pong off each other in that way to tell a simple story because you can't have all three. I guess it's. I guess you're gonna run into a little bit of a, a triangle spectrum type thing where you have to pick two extremes, and the other one's gonna be kind of left behind. Kind of like a girl can't be beautiful, smart, and mentally and, stable. And mentally stable. <laughs> you can't have all three. You know. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I forgot the other one. <laughs> <laughs> you killing me. And so I think there's a little bit of that happening here, and I so. It's hard. It is, I think, for someone who is real attracted to stylized cinematography, it's hard to fault it too much for me being confused because of it, but because I'm just not, I'm not Korean. I don't know Korean really at all. I just, I know, you know, the language inspired by latin and whatnot and the asian language languages and everything is kind of a combination of the two in some in some capacity um what f- 500 years ago i think korean popped out about and because the it's so such a simple story and it's at its core it it only proves to me that it's my fault that i was that i had a hard time keeping up and that's why it's, I think it definitely requires a second watch. I do think one of the weirder parts of the movie is when towards the end when him and his wife, the detective and his wife, uh, I guess the detective moves to where his wife is at. Yeah. He, he gets a job there so he doesn't have to come go back and forth. And then his mistress basically follows him. Just, I it kind of adds into the melodrama and her like not being able to live without him and stuff and. I didn't love that. Oh, I did. You liked that? Yeah. Why do you like that? Tell me why you like that. Change, because change I like mind. melodrama. <laughs> because I like how dramatic it is. I do. I mean. She went in and, you know, poisoned basically this old lady. So she would die. So the other guy or so the 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 son of that lady would kill her husband, so she would become a suspect so they could get back together. Jesus Christ. It's crazy. It is crazy. Talk about, and it's, it's, it's not even like love at this point. It's just pure infatuation and craziness. It's almost like a teenager kind of love that you're going to do whatever, you know, Romeo and Juliet style here. We're going to murder each other. Because we can't be without each other. It's insane. It is insane. And I liked where they 
reintroduced with each other where when the detective was with his wife and then she was with her her new guy and they were pretending to not really know each other i guess he was like she you know she was she was a suspect and yeah. you know but she was cool now and <laughs> and just the back and forth was so good but again that was like such a, high, a dialogue heavy spot where it's hard to keep up with the faces and yeah and what they were saying but yeah i mean i did like it i didn't i guess i did and i didn't like it i what what why didn't you like it too much it's like it's like uh unbelievable kind of yeah maybe it's a little bit of i just come too, on you know she <laughs> too childish she's not maybe? she wouldn't do that she wouldn't do but that. she would do that because <laughs> she's psycho because that proves her psychoness you know and then she only proves it at the very last 10 minutes too yeah what can you tell me a little about the symbolism between him and her and the mountains and the sea uh and i know she said that uh confucius quote about if you like the mountains then you are benevolent or something but if you like the sea then you're smart or something like that but i i don't know i didn't really understand it too much i just know that she was she identified with uh the sea more and she didn't like the mountains and she was scared of heights too so that kind of i guess tied that there mm, yeah but she was so scared of heights she still climbed up to murder her you know ex-husband that's really all i can tell you with the symbolism here and then i know at one point he goes uh our main guy um he goes and tells his wife that he's like a man of the sea or whatever and she's like there's no sea here in busan or wherever they're at mm. he's like she's like you were born here you've lived here your whole life like what are you talking about you're ridiculous so i guess that could you know play into him being so infatuated by her that he's now a man of the sea too and wants to do what she wants or wants to like the same things she does be the same person she is but i don't understand the end and how that ties with the sea i guess she killed herself there but well yeah what did she keep saying that what did she keep saying and then i know i i, I was confused too by the uh, car ride there and she said like you already told me you loved me which he never did and then well she said that it started when it ended yeah whatever that means you know what that means yeah that's just the melodrama of <laughs> you know having like realizing it and then all at the same time having your heart broken at the same time oh my gosh you know what's more melodramatic than realizing you're in love with someone and then also being shattered at the same time <laughs> there's nothing there's literally nothing more melodramatic than oh that oh my gosh see how can you not like it and no i mean that scene's great that's probably one of the great scenes really the great dialogue scenes between right before they like in quotes kind of break up him and the detective and the mistress when they're in her apartment and oh yeah he like basically tells her to fucking leave so because he doesn't want to because you know he's he's being pulled in two directions between her or three i guess kind of between her his wife and his job and because yeah. she's a mega conflict of interest <laughs> between his job and his wife which is just it's awesome and he tells her you shattered me Mm -hmm. you shattered my whole being it's like oh damn i'm so sorry 
And then he gives her the phone to go hide because he chose her. Then she gives it back and says, here you go. I don't want to be the reason you're shattered, you motherfucker. Take your phone. Take your life back. And then she does a fucking dramatic ass thing and buries herself in the sand. And has the water wash over her. She becomes one with the sea. She becomes one with the sea. Holy fuck. You know why sand is called sand, right? Because it's between sea and land? Yep. Yep. She's part of the sand. She's part of the <laughs> sand. <laughs> and that's one of the great scenes too, which is the which is the end. I like it. A lot, you know, n- hardly anything has good a good ending, right? But this movie, him running around just longer than you'd expect too, cuz mm-hmm. he, you know, he goes one direction and he goes the other and then he like gets on the phone and it feels like he's kind of going to wait or give up or something. And then the movie basically ends with him looking. Yep. And it's awesome. And I think, I think I could, it's hard to tell, but I think he was standing where she did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause of the bamboo stick. I thought that too. I yeah. didn't think about the bamboo stick. Yeah. Yeah. The bamboo stick. Yeah. That helped us. I just thought about that. That guarantee that. Yeah that guarantees that's where she was i thought he was going to find her no way i did i not in a korean film maybe an american film she w- he would have <laughs> he would have just known he'd been like oh shit there's a bamboo stick here there's not bamboo within 100 miles of this place <laughs> she must be right here well then he tripped at one point he tripped where i thought it was just the spot where she was at because you know the sand is still bubbling there filling up so i thought he was like, that's weird. There's a hole here. And <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but what? He's still a pretty sensible person at the end of the day. And what sensible person is going to think someone fucking buried themselves in the sand? If he's such a sensible person, he would know that she is so dramatic that she would do that. No, you can't get to that level. Yes. When you're sensible. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> he knows which side of the triangle she's on. He was in love with crazy. She's definitely on the beautiful, smart side. <laughs> right in the middle. She's the right furthest in the middle. away yeah. from from stable. So he knew she buried herself. Yeah, you know, he found out too too late, though. If there's definitely a saga here coming on, I think I'd like to see the other ones. For sure. It's confirmed? They're yeah, out? I think, I think that's how he works. I think, I think he's got... Oh, no, like, it's 2022. Okay, sorry. I think that's just how he works. Kind of like uh, Lars von Trier. He's the guy who did that movie we watched, The Antichrist. Oh, that weird-ass movie? <laughs> yeah, that weird-ass movie. And he works in threes like that, too. Mm. And that guy who did... There's several guys out there who do that. Um, any Are there any American directors who do that? I'm not... None are popping in my mind. I think it's pretty rare. I mean, I would expect an American director or two to have done that, but... You gotta have crazy, you know, foresight to <laughs> to think about how you're gonna do yeah. three movies, three or so movies like that, that are, you know, that deal with the human condition or, you know, are some kind of telling movie. You know, there's, you know, not anyone could write a fucking Marvel series, but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. But telling, you know, three different stories of three different types of sadness. No one at Marvel could fucking even <laughs> dare. You know what I'm saying? That takes a real fucking person who has experienced oh what it is gosh. to be a human being. 
Park Chime Wook is one of them. Yeah, I'm not sure if the other, if one of them or one or the other two are out yet. But yeah, we definitely will. I want to watch all this guy's stuff because he's he's one of, I mean, he, of working the working directors. He's probably among the top ten most important directors working right now. If he's your favorite director, Park Chan Wook, you, you know you're you're a classy individual. Oh, he might become my favorite director now. After those two movies, <laughs> or the fact that he'll you're classy. Yeah, the fact that I'm classy, <laughs> and these two movies. I mean, this one, this is not you know my top favorite movie whatsoever, but it might be my top favorite romance. It might be up there. What about Nacho Libre? <laughs> sort of a romance, or Norbit? I have to think about that one. Norbit. <laughs> <laughs> no. I bet you Norbit has never been brought up in a Park John Wook podcast or anything. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Only here, man. Only here. <laughs> like when we brought up white chicks when we did the uh exorcism of Emily Rose. <laughs> Why'd you bring that up? Oh my god. It's the same girl. It's the same actor actress. The main the Emily main. and one of the girls. Oh, white that's chicks. right. That's right, Emily. Yeah. That's hilarious. Wait, is Snowpiercer a movie or a there's a movie and a show. Oh, okay. Okay. I think Bong Joon-ho was a disciple of this guy. I think they are friends. Oh. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure he was... I'm pretty sure they co-directed something, even. Yeah, but Snowpiercer, is a, the movie's a Bong Joon-ho. And I, I, this guy might be a producer on some of his works yeah he's it says in uh wiki that he's the producer he was a producer in snowpiercer yeah i know there's a connection and i think it goes even deeper than that i'm not sure where but it's not a coincidence that they're both great directors and and bong joon ho is probably just you know coincidentally allowed to do whatever he wants he does he knows this guy and so this this is it okay that's cool yeah i think this guy's most famous work beside um old boy is probably lady vengeance i think that's and probably this now those are his most famous films i think over here i'm sh- i'm sure maybe over there too maybe i yeah maybe. i don't know okay i don't know what's a favorite over there because you know how like in final fantasy used to be a favorite in japan and it's definitely not anymore it's a favorite here in the states huh <laughs> yeah and then Dragon Quest uh, is still a favorite in Japan. It's not a favorite here. Hardly anyone plays Dragon Quest over here. But some things just kind of switch over time. Yeah, my mom used to watch um, a lot of Korean soap operas when I was younger. And um, sometimes I'd watch with her. And just some of the uh, dramatic scenes and, and those were... They were just interesting. They were funny. Um, you know, I... I'm thinking of one. I I have no idea what they're called. I'd have to probably ask her. And she, I mean, she might remember. She watched them all the time. But um, there was one where this guy um, opened an umbrella and went up next to this girl who was walking in the rain, and all the other girls were watching. And then he just like brought the umbrella up to her, and they brushed shoulders. And all the other girls that were watching were like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, this is hilarious. Oh, my gosh. I might 
want to watch some Korean films now. I don't know. I got a little inspired here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know of any other country who handles romance in a more interesting way. There's just hands down. Yeah. Korean, Korean directors and showrunners have got it figured out to some interesting level. It's it's cool. Yeah, because with uh, you know, Hispanic and Spanish uh love it's that's just dramatic on the like passion side like i'm going to murder you if you don't love me back kind of you know kind of ex- like the other end of the ex- of the uh, extremes really the other en- almost the other end of korean love i'm going to sleep with your brother so you can so i can get some payback i don't know you know and then you have his kid and it all gets all kind of dramatic there. And in Korea, you go to where they work just to order coffee to <laughs> meet their eyes one more yes. time. <laughs> uh, or you walk, you know, they walk that way from work or something. So you you you, you go you, that way. You make a detour <laughs> when you leave to make sure you go that way just to see if you have a chance of running into them, just oh for the my chance. Gosh. I love it. I love and it. And in a Mexican soap opera, they'd go to their work and fucking tell them how it is. Yeah. Get on the intercom and start cussing them out. But then you tell them you love them at the same time. Yeah. It's good. They're both good. Really. Yeah. I liked this movie. I'm about to watch it again, though. Yeah. I definitely have to watch it again to give it a, a score. I don't think I could give it a score right now. Oh, and I know it's an easy 3.5 at the very least. Mm. At the very least. Everything is so good about it. Everything. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if it scooched up to a four after a second watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's just an excellent, uh, it's just such a masterfully made movie on every level. Acting, directing, cinematography, lighting, editing. So good. So good. I'm not sure what one the international oscar award i don't remember oh wait was it all quiet on the western front it might have been that's some hard competition damn i think i think that was the one i'm not sure but that either way that is hard competition damn just not thinking about that yeah i don't remember i think you're right though i think you're right damn there were is it just me or are there more better movies here in like the last six to 12 months i don't know i feel like there's been a lot of good movies lately i'd have to think about that i'm sure covid ruined some of that but you know that's just a two-year gap there you know 2019 2018 2017 2019 i can think of one good movie which one parasite okay i can't think of any from 2018 (laughs) yeah and hereditary Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take that back. <laughs> yeah, take that back. Yeah, no, I definitely have to look at a list of movies that that have come out every year. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting to do and see which year had the most I know that people like movies. to bring up those years where a lot of movies come out. People, people think of 1999 as one of those years. I think of 2012 for yeah, some reason. Yeah, you said reason. that before. Yeah, I don't know about 1999. That's when The Matrix came out. Ugh. And, s- and several other. I think Gladiator and American Beauty came out that year. And Ugh. 
Schindler's List, maybe. And so there were some hits, I guess. <laughs> Something was going on that time. Yeah, but I mean, you start with RRR, Everything Everywhere All at Once, even though it wasn't really my favorite movie. Still a really good movie. Yeah, still a great movie. Definitely, I mean, such a weird movie in that it's a great movie. It's as good as The Whale, but what? why all the awards? Like, there's just, it's not that good, but all right. I mean, I guess some movie is going to be that movie to win all those awards. And, you know, when you're at the top, it's hard to, you know, it's just a, kind of a luck of the draw at that point. Who's going to have all these awards? So... I don't know. Yeah, I would have. RRR was definitely my favorite movie last year, though. Yeah, the yeah the whale, and then all the movies we've watched this year. You know, John Wick, Mario. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons Evil Dead Rise, yes. Scream was okay. Even wasn't the first one, I guess. But you might it, yeah. be onto something here. Yeah. And then Barbie's about to come out. Oppenheimer. I assume those are going to be both very good. Even the Matrix reboot, which came out, I think, late last year, was much better than even the original Matrix. Yeah, I don't think I watched that. It was much better than the original. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. You know, it's just it just goes to show you how no one really cares about the Matrix. It's oversung that because no one was like, no one woke up and was like, you know what? This is way better than the original. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know how that didn't happen, but I mean, I think it just goes to show you that no one actually cares about the original, especially when you have something like John Wick coming out these days. Like, it's not even, not that they're all that related other than through Keanu Reeves, but it's just not even, it's just couldn't, it's, Matrix sucks, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Matrix does suck. Well, thank you for watching this film with me. No problem. Thank you for watching it with me and Letting me pause it so you can explain some things to me. You're welcome. All right, everyone. Take care. Have a great week, day, life. Lives. Lives. If you're into reincarnation. That's true. Have multiple great lives. Till next time. Take care. And that's a wrap for today's episode of The Film of Steins. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on our cinematic journey. We hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained some new insights and perspectives on the world of movies. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, especially Patreon at patreon.com slash And follow us on social media for more film-related content. We love hearing from our listeners, so if you have any feedback, suggestions, movie recommendations, or book recommendations, please feel free to reach out to us. Until next time, keep watching and keep loving the magic of movies. This is the Film of Steins signing off. Ah.